We've been hearing a lot about essentials these past weeks. Essential businesses, essential workers, and so on. And if you're out and about, you can see what people think is essential. We waited in line at a local barbecue place for almost 45 minutes just to get takeout. And if you drive by a grocery store, you realize that putting food on the table is essential. And judging by the crowds at the hardware store, finishing the honeydew list must be essential. Have you ever wondered what's essential in our faith? Does the Bible tell us that some things about faith are essential? Well, first, let's start with defining faith. In general terms, faith can be confidence in one's ability, fidelity to a person out of obligation, or the belief in something that is not based on proof. The author of Hebrews defines faith as this, the assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of things not seen. True faith is not based on the things we observe or experience, but it's based on divine assurance. It is a gift of God, as Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter 2. This, this is saving faith. It's not of our works. It's not of our own doing. It is a grace gift from God. The Bible also teaches us that there is more to our faith. There is the faith that justifies, that's saving faith, and there is a faith that is the evidence of our belief. Here's what we need to grasp. True faith, saving faith, is always evidenced by our works. This was the issue that the book of James deals with. In James 2, we see that faith without works is dead. In essence, James is making the argument that essential faith works, that our good works are the evidence of true, saving faith. So what are the essential works of our faith? Well, I'm glad you asked. For the next several weeks, I'm going to be sharing these essentials in a series I've titled Essential Faith Works. So grab your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Can we pray together as we begin? God, I do want to thank you for an opportunity to open your word. And God, I pray that as we open up our Bibles, that you would open up our hearts so that you could see, so that we could see what you have for us in your word. God, would you speak to us today? Would you challenge us today? Would you help us understand, God, how we need to love one another? God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you had to sum up what was most important to our faith, what would you say? Here in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is basically asked that very question. So why don't you read with me beginning in verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. As Jesus is teaching, everyone is trying to get him to tangle up his words, to force him to make a mistake, to make a misstep that would hopefully derail his ministry. The Pharisees send their disciples along with the Herodians to ask him about taxes. The Sadducees ask him about remarriage and its effects and the resurrection. And that was really a trap for Jesus because the Sadducees didn't even believe in the resurrection. In both instances, those groups left marveling at Jesus' teaching. But the Pharisees began to plot again. This time, one of the Pharisees, a lawyer, 
asked Jesus a question to test him. He asked, which is the great commandment in the law? Now this guy knew the answer. It was something that Jewish people recited at least twice a day. And the purpose in asking the question was simply to discredit Jesus. But Jesus' answer was straightforward and with only one word of explanation. He said, love God, love others, because the whole law depends on these two. Jesus is making the argument that the law, which is in essence the Ten Commandments, depends on loving God and loving others. Our love of God enables us to keep the first five commandments, and our love for others enables us to keep the last five commandments. So when we think about the essentials of faith, let me be straightforward. The best evidence of our faith is that we love God and love others, because living out the faith depends on these two. So the first evidence of our faith is that we love God. Jesus cites Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 as the first and great commandment. We are to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. Collectively, these represent the whole person. We should love God with, with total love and total devotion. The word for love here is agape. It is a selfish, selfless love, a, a sacrificial love. It is the love that God has for us, the love that He demonstrated for us by sending His Son to die for us even though we were sinners and, and we didn't deserve it. This is the greatest truth. We can love God because He first loved us. So we should love God in the same way that He loved us. We should be willing to follow Him no matter the cost. We should love Him with all of our heart. Even when God seems quiet, even when He says wait, even when He says no, and yes, even when bad things happen, because we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. We should love Him in the depths of our soul, as the psalmist says, as the deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. We should love Him in all of our thoughts. We should set our minds on things above, those things that are true and honorable, just and pure and lovely. Whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, we should think about these things. Can I ask you a question? Do you love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind? This is the first evidence of our faith, our love for God. And the second is like it. We should love others. Jesus again turns to the scripture in response to the lawyer's question. Leviticus 19.18 says, But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In another account in the book of Luke, Jesus is asked by another lawyer, What should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus asked him, What is written in the law? And how do you read it? And the lawyer responds, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus tells him, That's correct. Do this and live. Well, this guy wanted more. So he asked Jesus another question. He says, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered him with a parable, one that you're probably familiar with, the Good Samaritan. If you're not familiar with the story, let me quickly share it with you. A man was traveling and was robbed, beaten, and left for dead. A priest and a Levite, who probably should have helped him, passed by on the other side of the road. A Samaritan, who probably shouldn't have helped him, saw him, had compassion on him, 
He patched him up, took him to an inn to recover, and cared for him, and then paid for it all. And Jesus asked the lawyer, Who of the three men proved to be a neighbor? Obviously the one who showed mercy. And Jesus tells this lawyer, Go and do likewise. Loving your neighbor as yourself is more than just asking, How would I want to be treated in this circumstance? The priest and the Levite no doubt would have said, I want someone to help me. I want someone to have compassion on me. Loving your neighbor is not just having compassion for people, but actually showing them mercy. And the Samaritan showed extravagant mercy. Loving your neighbor is our response to God's grace. We love because he first loved us. Therefore, let us love others as we have been loved. Loving our neighbors really has nothing to do with our love for them, but God's love for us all. God's, God loved us and he sent his son Jesus to carry the weight of our sin to the cross and to die in our place so that we could experience forgiveness and be redeemed. Jesus didn't think of himself. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus' way is to think of others more than ourselves. And he set an example for us. So do you love your neighbors in this way? I know some of you do because I've seen it in action this week. As many of our neighbors' homes were damaged by the tornadoes last Sunday, I saw friends and family, church and community, come together to help each other. One thing that we have to remember is that good works alone are not sufficient to save. But saving faith, true faith, always results in good works. What you do for others, you're doing for Him. You begin by loving God with all of your heart, your soul, and mind, and that leads you to love others as much as you can because God has shown you grace and mercy. Loving God and loving others are the evidence of a living faith. Do you have that kind of faith? Have you trusted in what Jesus did for you on the cross, dying in your place so you could be forgiven of your sin? I want you to know that God loves you. And by faith, you can choose to follow Him, even today. And you can be forgiven and made new. Would you like to trust Jesus today? You can simply say a prayer like this. Dear God, I don't understand it all, but I realize that something is missing in my life. I need a relationship with you. So as, as much as I know how, I want to say yes to you. I believe that Jesus died and was buried and rose again on the third day. And I ask you to forgive all my sin. Come into my life. I want to learn to love you and trust you and follow you. Thank you, God, for saving me. If you said that prayer and meant it with all your heart, the Bible says you're now a child of God. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. If that describes you today, we want to know about it. Please call us, email us, leave us a comment below, and we'll make sure to get in contact with you.